Good evening, Patriots. And it is, I had to look at the calendar because I'm on the East Coast. So <laughs> for everyone else, it's Friday, September 9th. And for me and for those of us on the East Coast, we are now Saturday, September 11th. Man, this takes some getting used to, but it's cool. I mean, I, get, I start to appreciate the late night shows in a whole new way. I'll tell you that right now. Patriots, before we begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. And with that, make sure you've got the right pillows, the right sheets, the whole thing. And you can get all of that at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. And my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPillow that started it all. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. MyPillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my Premium Queen, only $24.98. Or my Premium King, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. And that is MyPillow.com forward slash bards promo code bards you got the drill check it out man you need lots of pillows from the man the pillow king that's why he is good and the pillows are great by the way so patriots i am in plymouth massachusetts tonight long day of driving and uh hopefully i'll make it through this show okay i'm tired 764 miles in one day is a push and it was an amazing day like so many of these days you know, I, I don't know how many of you have been to the Northeast or are in the Northeast, but you know that typically there's traffic. And I was moving pretty much today through the Pennsylvania Turnpike and that in 85, I guess it is, 84, 85. I am telling you, I've and I've traveled it before. I've never seen anything like it. It was like no traffic at all today. It was beautiful, beautiful day, easy driving all the way across the, the state into New York, and then probably a touch into Connecticut and then into Massachusetts. So, and tonight I linked up. I, my, it was, like I said, it was a long day. Yesterday was a down day for me as I got podcasts done and just kind of tried to get a little bit of sleep because I was pretty tired from the day before. Today was ended up being a much longer day driving than I expected. My official scheduled time for speaking tonight was 7. 25 i literally arrived at the venue with the where the resistance chicks had their speech at 721 that's pretty good that's about as close as you call it and that was live stream tonight and so you might check that out it was good talk um getting to a little bit of that tonight as well and just really a really good group of people lots of a number quite a number of bards nations people here which is very cool so all around really cool. And tomorrow we're going to be moving around Plymouth, getting the story of the pilgrims and other things and us and learning a lot about the covenant and covenant law with God, which is quite interesting. So really good stuff. So if you get a chance, do check it out with the resistance chicks. I know they're live streaming. They've got other events up, so it's good to follow. 
I have been in this trip, I've really been spending some time just focusing a lot on that relationship with Christ and, and spending time just enjoying the trip and having those conversations in the many forms that they take. This has been an eye-opening trip on so many levels. And a lot of what, as I've talked about, that we're really seeing right now is that so much of the narrative of what we're being told about the country just doesn't line up when when you're writing out here. What does line up is that there is a malicious and very dark corporate control system that wants to see this country dismantled and rebuilt under their totalitarian rule. That's plain and simple. What is also amazing to me is how many people there are in this nation. And the question I continually ask is why are we even having these issues when we, the people, outnumber them, but somehow they, those in power, have convinced us that we are weaker than we are. That's a very unfortunate place and one which... Unfortunately, we own pretty boldly. I've read this passage tonight, and I've read it many times, but it's Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. That, that piece right there speaks to who we are and what our authority is clearly. And yet we continue to be manipulated and convinced that we don't have any power. And that takes the many forms of disempowerment. So the disempowerment model is a very centerpiece of all of this propaganda to convince us to, by our free will, to stand down, to not confront this evil, to not stand against it, and to believe that somehow Nothing can save this world except God. What we miss in this place is that God is working through us and that we are literally accountable and responsible for taking a position against this enemy and holding the line. And we really need to get that back into our psyche and realize how effective they have been in trying to disarm us and convince us that otherwise. That message is pretty clear when you all go across the country because you see a lot of good people And you just see a lot of people in general. But I'm beginning to believe that a lot of the other part of this woke culture is the fact that it is an easy way out. It's an easy thing to do. Everything is easy because it's not against the tide. Resistance Chicks told the story tonight of having a pastor patriot rally and how many of the pastors declined because they didn't want to be associated with the word patriot. That disgusts me. And it disgusts me in a vile, vile way. This country was built on pastors that were patriots. They were the the consummate black robe regiment that stood against tyranny and took a position against tyranny and ultimately led us to the place where we were able to have that fight and separate us from the crown that same crown today that's under siege, thankfully, as the queen passes away and we go through their ritualistic garbage that's in the weeks to come. But our pastors that decided not to be associated with the word patriot, they don't know our histories or they're ignoring our histories 
and they're weak. And the problem is we have a lot of weak pastors in this nation. We have weak pulpits. And those weak pulpits lead us to the very places we are today. Where the church, which is in disarray, is not no longer the church of unity under the body of Christ, but it's the church of factionalism. It's the church of politics in the negative way. It's the church of trying to find ways to attract people to protect their offering plates and to not stand against the tide in any way, not to create any sort of wakes or challenges because those are places that are too difficult to go or create in their minds dissension, division, or even difficult discussions. And so much of that comes from the fact that this woke culture is so vocal. It's not whether it has numbers, it's vocal. The churches quite literally are afraid. If there's anything in that description that you find biblically aligned as a correct path for the church, then I would encourage you to reread the Bible because everything I just described is against a biblical position. To be afraid, to worry about division. We know that from what Christ has told us, very honestly, that we will be persecuted. That includes the churches. And it's because we are to stand boldly in front of this evil and have the courage and strength to do so. Unfortunately, we're not seeing that. And we're not seeing that enough. Let's put it that way. So a lot of this conference here has been really centered on that sort of hard truth-telling and punching forward to really look deeply at the situation that we're in and start to identify what it is that we as people can do to take back this nation. And much of that is that God is calling patriots to the pulpit, not spineless weenies to the pulpit. We have way too many of those. Now, the time that we're in is interesting because when we start to relearn our history and look at our history, our founding fathers considered this nation to be the new Jerusalem. They understood the biblical importance and significance of the old Jerusalem, that of the Bible, but they saw our country as the new Jerusalem. And I mentioned this tonight at the the talk. It was in the afterwards. We had a QA. and a and kind of an open forum to just ask questions and talk things. But we are still a society and a world that is so deeply rooted into our idolatries. So let me just give you this one, and it's important to reflect on this. The government of Israel, the government that so many people turn to and say, oh, Israel, oh, Israel, oh, Israel. That government are, in fact, Khazarian Jews. They aren't the real bloodline of Jews. And worse, they are working as agents with Mossad and other intelligence agencies to do a great deal of of deconstruction and destruction of this country, the United States. We channel through churches, through private partnerships and government money, we we channel billions of dollars to them each year. And that land which so many people worship while it is biblically important the country as we know it today was purchased and set up by the Rothschilds and even the way they constructed buildings in the Knesset as I learned tonight were set on ley lines which all tie to Luciferian worship and from some other research the other day that Brad Cummings shared with me 
in their charter of their country, it is set up that a emperor or king can be installed by the United Kingdom at, at their will. And so now the new theory is that that's how they'll install the Antichrist. And people will suffer for it because they're not looking at the truth of what Israel is. Keep in mind that the Israel that we are looking at today did not exist at the time of our founding fathers. It wasn't here. They understood the importance of this nation, and that's exactly what they're trying to point their eyes away from. They don't want people to embrace what this nation stands for and what its potential is. And in so doing, they're trying to constantly keep people focused, not on the religious aspects of Israel, the land, but on the government of Israel, which has nothing to do with the other. And therefore, we are in a very interesting place of once again dealing with great deceptions. And the great deceptions, again, are, are channeling out of churches or channeling out of charities. Again, always about keeping people away from the true sense of God. Now, something else I think is very important to look at, and that is the founding of this nation. And we use this term, and I've talked about it here before, but I want to be very clear where I stand. We are looking at what they call, we we hear constantly, we are a Judeo-Christian country. No, we're not. We are a Christian nation founded on Christ Jesus. And that's the important difference right there. Our founding fathers had Christ in their heart. Their documents prove it. It's one of the reasons I encourage people to go through the Founders Bible. Because it does correlate their writings with Scripture. They believed in Jesus. And there's a lot of distortions because our founding fathers, they say, were Masons. Yes, they were. And I've talked about this before, but you have to look at who continued to be a Mason long after the Revolutionary War and the motive to be Masons. The churches had congregations and many of them were isolated because of the way that they were, they were uh, different denominations. Our founding fathers joined the Masons so that they would have a place to come together to have common discussion. Most of them left the Masonic order after they discovered what it was truly about. We also have the accusations that our founding fathers were not, many were atheists. Pain is that way. What, because they, they criticized the church. Yes, they did. They criticized the church for its corruption as we're criticizing the church today. But in fact, they weren't anti-Christian or atheist. They were anti church institution, which was irresponsible for countless wars and horrors throughout Europe. No different than today. But if you do such a thing, even today, and you challenge certain churches, you're called heretic. And these are the things that we have to keep in mind, is that when they control the narrative, they are trying to control the reality that they want you to see. The only reality we need comes through God himself. And that reality that we walk is a living, breathing relationship through Christ. It gives us the ideas and it gives us the clarity about the path we're walking. And it's there. It's there for everybody to have. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to line up. You don't have to get a degree for it. You don't have to register online. You don't have to pay a monthly fee. God is there to pour that out on anybody that's willing to accept and embrace that intimacy in the relationship he has for them. That requires a discipline of listening it requires the discipline of trust. And these are important aspects in working with the Lord. Our country needs more of that. Because truly what we are going to need in the, in the months and years ahead 
is that strength of the remnant to stand up and to lead this nation back to a moral center. Our biggest fight ahead of us is that we are lacking morality. We are in a moral bankruptcy in this nation, and that's deeply disturbing and should be deeply disturbing to everyone. But that's where we are, and the only way back is for us to work diligently and vigorously through the reintroduction of relationships with Christ to find its way, our way back into a place that the nation itself has once again found a home in its heart for all that God has to offer. In these times, when we're trying to fight all of these things that are around us, it is essential that we also start to embrace the fact that many are still trapped in this matrix and trapped away from the relationship and love of God. And unfortunately, no matter how hard we try, those are not going to go away easily. But they are waging a war against all people that stand with God. They're waging a war anywhere they can to get them removed and out of the public eye because they're deeply afraid. But this is biblically centered as as we see these things happen in the Old Testament as well. But what do we always know? That in the end, it, it is truly those who have the strength to stand up stand and be heard they will have the strength to lead the nation mark twain in the beginning of change the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned when his cause succeeds the timid join him for then it costs nothing to be a patriot mark twain so tonight i want to read romans 1 18 to 32 among other things but this is an important passage i haven't read it for a while but i think it's very relevant to, to remind ourselves of how important it really is and this starts for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his world in the things that his world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and brick, birds and animals and creeping things. I want to stop there. I've talked a lot about the worship and idolatry of leaders. And this is right here in this passage. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men. It is so important that we understand that politics are politics. They are not something to worship. We have been given dominion over evil. We've been given authority to fix this. And yet we continue to turn to others, politicians and rallies and so forth to ask if they will fix our problems for us. This is the world that we now have before us, and it's going to take the resolve of the remnant to be able to stand against this and accept the fact that we must force play the idea 
that we must demand accountability and demand that people become participant rather than waiting for an answer. Continuing with the passage, therefore God gave them up in their lusts for their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to the dishonorable passions for their women exchanged relations with women and were consumed with the passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they knew, though they know God's righteous decree that those who participate in such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. That passage is so unbelievably relevant right now. And it is something to reflect on because people have literally fallen deaf to the truth that are following this dark path. And one has to wonder if that's also because God has made it so. And I would, I would be inclined to say that. Romans 1, 18, 32 paints a very real picture of our world around us where God has given them up because they have given up on him. And in so doing, he's let them live out their, their world in which they saw and felt was better than anything God could create. See, this is at the core of what's interesting about this progressive movement is that in the end, they think they are gods and superior to God because they choose not to participate in anything that God offers. God knows better, but they don't. And so there's going to be some, there is an ongoing shaking of this world as we witness those who refuse to hear, but one has to ask, are they refusing to hear or have they just been made deaf to the truth that God would, that would set them free? My guess is, my personal opinion is, they have been made deaf to the truth that would set them free. And that comes about because God's hand has been in play to shake and to allow them to live out the misery of the life that they want. That covetedness, malice, the envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, all these things that they are. Each of us has elements of those pieces within us. But the difference being that when we walk with Christ, there is a forgiveness and a rebirth within us, within our heart, as we embrace all that Christ has to offer. And yes, we'll stumble, but we have the humility to put ourselves before God and to seek forgiveness. All of these things are essential to leading others to do the same. And I truly believe that our failure to do that will challenge us and hold us accountable because we are, like it or not, a remnant and there's great responsibility on a remnant's shoulders. 
And like the watchers, it is our responsibility to speak the truth, no matter whether people like it or not, because not to speak the truth leaves the blood on our hands. I think that's very critical to confactor in when we start talking about waking up this nation. This nation still needs a great shaking, but we can be a great deal a part of it as need be. Ephesians 5, 6 to 17. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Lord or the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the fruit, unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things they, are, they do in secret. But when anything is exposed to light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says... Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. It's that that we seek, and we seek that through prayer, we seek that through listening, we seek that through the deep relationship which God offers us if we so desire to extend our hand and accept it. But I think it's interesting when it makes the comment here, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed to light, it becomes visible. It is shameful. This is interesting because we don't account for or don't think of the idea of the of participating in these unfruitful works of darkness by virtue of talking about them and there is a lot of that that's out here so i encourage that if we're going to talk about these evil things and we're talking about some of the darker things which really do capture people they enti- they excite people when they start looking at the epstein horrors or they start looking at these the consequences of Hollywood and children. There is a, there's somehow an adrenaline and an anxiety to discover the truth underneath and then to speak it openly in the world. Be very careful. Right now, our nation is in a fragile place. It needs prayers of healing. It doesn't necessarily have the strength to deal with some of those truths. And while it is important that we Bring those truths forward. Keep in mind as well that not everyone is prepared to eat a diet of meat. That It is milk often that we have to begin with, just as the baby begins with milk, and it takes time before solids can be consumed. So some of the work that we're doing, which is so critical, is to keep the focus close, to keep the focus on what we are doing as people, and to constantly keep those eyes on Christ. We must look at the positives. We, if we're going to expose the darkness, then there's going to have to be an enormous amount of prayer. And because that ultimately comes back to something very simple, that we have armor to wear. 
And we have to take that seriously. We are in a combat zone. This is, this is war by any other means or any other name. And if we are not constantly keeping our armor strong, then we're vulnerable from the attack of the enemy. And if we're going to start exposing what the enemy is doing to the world, then we're not taking the position of wearing armor and strengthening armor and bringing others with it, then we're literally walking into a firefight and expecting to walk out okay and somehow be invincible to the bullets that strike us. The idea of a visceral and very real war, an active combat zone in, this, in the spiritual realm, is one that even now some people have a hard time digesting, even though the evidence is all around us. And that's where the real challenge is, is because God has allowed many to just who are not recognizing him, him to, to walk out this whole life of the world that they want. It's the progressive world. It's the world of everything that they want to live. It's the me culture, the me religion. It does not align well with us. Because as we walk with Christ, those that walk with me, there is a rift, there is a division in the world. So if we're going to be dealing with that, that interaction, then we have to keep our armor up and our armor strong. Our nation right now needs that sort of strength. It needs warriors, strong warriors, active warriors, warriors that understand what they're doing here in the world and why they're here. We don't need more pew sitters. We don't need hesitation. We don't need fear. Fear is one of those things that even thinking today about the simplicities of fear, we're driving down a freeway. There's dotted lines that separate one car to the next. And if you're on a two-lane road, it's a yellow line that separates two cars, one going one direction and the other going the other. Now, what crazy people would do that sort of thing? Us, naturally. And yet, overall, there's not that many accidents, even though there are some. But it's also the fact that as we're going down there, we're putting perspective in this path as we're all moving together because there's a measure of trust that we have with one another. We have to keep that trust real in everything that we do. As I'm running alongside, if I don't trust the guy next to me or trust the car coming up behind me, I'm likely to end up in an accident or worse. So we have to have that same trust in this fellowship, in this remnant, because the world needs this. It needs the trust. It needs the strength. It needs what God can bring to this fight. Because so many are still lost and still have no relationship with Father. That message comes through time and again when I'm out and about. And it also shows its head surprisingly. Just by saying things, and I've said this before, and I take a point of saying God blessed as to as many people as I can. It is amazing when you can look at them and understand that no one says that anymore. That's part of us extending a hand of trust and reminding us all of where our true trust comes from because we are children of God. It is also opening the door for those to seek and to ask questions if they choose. So in this war, we can't forget the basics. In this war, we have to remember what our nation is being thrust through and thrust upon. And in this war, we can't remember, we can't forget the importance of the role that we play in this world as remnant and as followers of Christ. 
pilgrims came to this land and settled it and built a covenant. They built peace with the Native Americans that lasted for 50 years. Our founding fathers didn't just come out of, the, out of nowhere. They were nurtured and raised in the churches and pulpits of the time that understood what it took to stand up against evil. They didn't hesitate. And in so doing, they raised generations, a number of generations, over 100 years that were prepared for the ultimate revolution. We have to return to that way. We have to return to nurturing our country, nurturing our people, nurturing our youth. And so, as I've talked earlier tonight about Jerusalem and and talk about us being the new Jerusalem and Israel, part of that whole illusion is to keep us away from that fundamental piece of what we're trying to do. We're trying to build new warriors, warriors that will be centered in Christ, that will stand strong, not be distracted by the things that are overseas, but be focused on what is here. For every dollar that's spent to, sent to Israel, for every mission or missionary that's put to Africa, I always ask the same question. Who's doing that on our soil for us? And the answer will almost always be the same, almost zero. So we have a huge responsibility. It's one that hopefully everyone can embrace with fire and righteousness and to understand that what we're fighting for is the preservation not only of this nation, but a nation that was blessed and given to us to steward by God himself. That sort of message has long gone. That sort of message is not in the schools. It's not in the home. It's not in our homes, but it needs to be. God is on the move. We as a nation, in my opinion, are under judgment. What's needed now is for this nation as a whole to come to him, to put our eyes back on Christ, seek forgiveness, and in so doing, return this nation to its proper place with God on the throne above us. As a final note, patriots, off topic a bit, President Donald J. Trump needs prayers, as we've talked about. It isn't our job as a nation to be handing out, putting out our hands and expecting a leader to fill it with whatever trinkets or demands that we have. Rather, it's our duty to pray for a president and to do pray for the actions and the good things that he wants and we would want of him. President Trump, in my opinion, is walking a very interesting path, one that has temptations both ways. It is literally the valid decision. One way pulls him to great things on the side of the people. The other pulls him with great opportunity on the side of his business. But what's missing in all of that is the center point of this president, President Donald J. Trump, bowing and coming before God to pray for this nation and in so doing lead this nation to a national prayer. So while we wait for that to happen, two things to add. One, we need to be praying for President Trump to become a repenting president in the name of Jesus Christ. That's essential. And furthermore, as we move forward with this, we need to stop 
putting on our hands and expecting a president to deliver for us. In the valley of decisions, nations will be judged, and we are here in that judgment time. So it is time now that we as the people grow up to realize that these who are in power are put there to take on the the wills of the people, which makes them subordinate to us, not the other way around. Our nation can be healed, but our nation will be healed through the strength of the prayers that we deliver each and every day. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we're here in this time and place, the fellowships that we build, the strength of the Bard's Nation and others like it that extend across and around the world in so many different ways that we are able to connect and to build this fellowship. Father, tonight we pray for our nation and we pray for President Trump. We pray for our nation to return it to its place, its rightful place as a nation with the light shining on the hill. A blessed nation under you, a blessed nation that we steward appropriately. And we pray for President Trump to become a president who accepts Jesus in these times ahead, repents and leads this nation in a repenting prayer. And one last prayer, Father, in this evening tonight. If we do not have a response from President Trump to lead a nation to prayer, then we pray for the many, the remnant, to do the leading of others to that prayer in lieu of that, so that as a nation we commit to a path that returns us back to you. Guide us in these times, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, I'll give you more updates on Sunday night with Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom mission forward. Patriots, I will see you Sunday night for more Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. To the deepest Oh, I wanna feel something Let me get back in my body